Becoming a real estate agent is as if you're starting your own business. And what I have learned is the word or the name CEO. And I think something that I didn't even correlate to real estate is that when you're a real estate agent, you do become your own business. You are the CEO of your own company. You are an entrepreneur. You're listening to the You Might Be a Badass podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Todd, an average everyday girl with a nine to five job and a passion for storytelling. This podcast takes you behind the scenes in discovering truly inspiring personal success stories from all kinds of individuals and how they paved their way into becoming their own version of a badass. I speak with entrepreneurs, nine to fivers, stay-at-home moms, athletes, and everyone in between. My goal is to discover the different depths in which we define what it means to be successful. Success means something different to every person, and ultimately, if you're pursuing your passions and living life to the fullest, you too just might be a badass. It is no secret that owning your own business during COVID comes with its own set of challenges. But what about the people who branched out on their own just weeks before quarantine started? Today, I sit down with one of my closest friends, Beatrice Torres, who is a realtor right here in Los Angeles. She shares the details behind getting started as a realtor and what it means to actually be your own brand and CEO, even while working for a big name company like Dilbeck. Beatrice initially began working on a team and had plenty of support to help her get started and have the confidence to eventually branch out on her own and start her own business. But like many things in life, we learn that the real estate world isn't as cut and dry as it seems. And the hustle pretty much never stops. Hi, Beatrice. Hi, I'm so glad to have you join me today. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited. This will be fun. (laughs) What's kind of the introductory story for you into real estate? Ooh, well, I will tell you, God, that's a crazy question. I will tell you real estate was not even on my radar. So I will tell, tell you previously, like what I did before real estate and kind of how I got into it, if that's kind of what we're diving into. So, um, from since I was little, I remember being like, I always wanted to be in the entertainment industry, right? So I don't know why, but PR was always like, I want to do PR. So straight out of college, I did PR for a year and a half. And then um, shortly after that, I joined a media agency for about like seven to eight months. Um, hey, girls. <laughs> hey, yeah, I definitely worked with Rachel on that. Um, but <laughs> To to say like how I got started in real estate, um, to be honest, I wish I had more of like an, a better answer for you, but I'll be completely honest here. Um, it was because of very un, unforeseeable like health circumstances that I was dealing with at the time. So um, I'll give you a background history on that. Um, I had a really bad back injury when I was 18 years old. Um, did everything in the book, Pilates, yoga, acupuncture, chiropractic work, whatever, all, every, you name it, I've done it. Um, and when I was in college, like my last year in college, there were weeks where I was bedridden and weeks where I couldn't get out of bed and do final exams. And right after I graduated in 2014, um, I decided that summer to get lower back surgery. And after I got lower back surgery, I think I was about maybe 23 years old. And, um, I got back surgery in August and come October, I was like hardworking. I was like, I can, I can do this. I can go back into work. So I started the PR firm for a year and a half, went into the media agency for another like six to seven months. And I slowly realized that I actually wasn't prioritizing my physical health. And I wasn't prioritizing the importance of rehab after post-operation And my body was honestly deteriorating while I was at those nine to fives. And um, if you haven't been in physical therapy before, um, those facilities are only open Monday through Friday, nine to five. So I really wasn't doing physical therapy after lower back surgery for your spine. And so I kind of sat back and 
was crying and was like, I don't know if I can do a full-time nine to five salary job. Um, and I guess the backstory to that is my dad does a lot of um, real estate investment that honestly, when I was a kid, I was like, didn't, I did not understand what he did. When he told me his job, I was like, what the heck do you do? I don't get it. Um, but to say like real estate is in my blood, I guess, like I grew up with it unconsciously, I guess. Um, and so I started, I quit my job. I, I took like three or four months to study real estate, got my license, passed it. And thankfully, dear God, like thankfully I have enjoyed it ever since. Like I pivoted so quickly with that, but um, yeah, the career that I chose because of those circumstances, something that was more flexible, something that I could kind of manage my own time and um, really prioritize my health was was real estate at the time. And I've just been very happy to enjoy it ever since pretty much. So that I wish I had a better answer. Like, oh, I've, I've always dreamt about being a realtor, but that was what I pivoted towards. And I just luckily have enjoyed it ever since. It's crazy. I remember that. And it feels like, honestly, like decades ago. Um, but I remember you had like this wimpy little stand-up desk that was not a stand-up desk. Like it basically was built by a toddler and you like, you were crying at work and you were like, I was basically told that I can't have a job where I sit, which is literally what you got your degree in. Basically, It's like, that was, it's crazy to think that when we're young, it feels so crazy to pivot into a different career path. For sure. Um, and now, you know, years later and, and kind of looking at it in hindsight, it is super easy to do, not super easy, but it, you know what I mean? Like it, it's much less of a daunting thing. Mm-hmm. People always say, follow your passions and it's never, you're never too old. It's you're never too late. Like that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, looking back on it, it se- seemed so much scarier. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're doing what you, what you enjoy now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, you know, I, 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 I would say try everything once kind of thing. And uh, again, I am just very fortunate that what I chose after that is something that I do enjoy. I, I could have easily hated real estate, right? I could have easily hated sure. the career path that I'm on. Um, but I think I just made it work. And there was a lot of ups and downs throughout the process that I'm sure we'll dive into. But that was how I started in my journey in real estate. Um, it was never something that I saw or even thought about. Okay, actually, to be completely honest, Rachel, if I were, we were both Friends fans, like, um, the, like oh, what is it? the last two or three episodes of Friends when um, Monica and Chandler are in escrow, like I remember studying for real estate, not knowing in anything about it. And um, now I can joke about this joke in Friends is Joey's like, you said um, your property was in escrow. I couldn't even find that in the map. Like, I didn't even know <laughs> what escrow was. I was studying. I was like, what am I doing in this career path? Like, hey, Google, hey, Siri, or not, what is it? Alexa, like, what is escrow? I started from knowing absolutely nothing to four nothing. years later. Now, right now I'm in the middle of renewing my license and I want to continue it. Um, so I'm just very fortunate and blessed that I kind of got into that. But yeah, that's how I transitioned into it was thinking that I had a lot of time and now I'm able to prioritize it. As busy as I am, I'm able to prioritize at least my physical health on top of everything. So it definitely helps. Well, amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's dive into some specifics. Um, yeah. When you first started out, you joined up with a partner, right. To kind of like mm-hmm. be a mentee and, and learn the ropes a little bit. How did that, how did that go? Um, super well, I would say there's definitely an advantage in actually, I think it's very important when you start any kind of career change, whether it's, um, real estate or, a salary paying job, whatever it is, I think it's important to have a mentor, um, someone who is experienced. So yeah, I did join Dilbeck Real Estate. I interviewed with a top producing agent when I first passed my test. And thankfully, for some weird reason, he hired me to be his business partner. Um, and I was I was working side by side him. He was the top producing agent in the Burbank office and the Burbank branch for 
for however long I could remember. And I worked with him for the last four years. I learned so much from him. And I think it's one of the jobs also where um, you can read all day, every day about what it takes. And, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions about what it takes to be a real estate agent. But once you're actually in it, you really learn the, the, the dirty work that goes behind it. And I think having a mentor who can guide you through all that is super important. Um, but yeah, I started off with a team and just recently I branched out of that team and I am now a sole me, myself and I kind of thing. But, um, I think it's super important to, I know, Hey, um, it's super (laughs) uplifting knowing that I did dedicate a lot of years into learning everything I possibly could. We did a range of commercial real estate to, uh, residential and, I would not have been able to be given any of those opportunities otherwise if I just started right off the bat by myself. So um, I can't speak for other, I guess, like other jobs or other careers, but I would say in real estate, you know, it's it's a lot harder than people think it is. And I think starting with a team and a mentor is super important. So that's what I did. For sure. So now you're branching off on your own. Um how has that been? Sorry if you heard that. I'm I'm sipping some wine. <laughs> oh no! There was please there was away. a slurp. There was a slurp in that. Is that Sorry. a um paper straw? It looks like a little bendy. Oh yeah, you know my mom's a dentist, and I've always learned that wine and tea make your teeth yellow. So when I'm at home, I I drink wine out of a straw. Sorry, everybody. I know, um, but I've been it, doing it wrong. You've been doing it wrong. I mean, if, if you're at home and I'm not trying to like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I do it out of a, I, I, I never think of about it. Straw. It just ignores no, staining the teeth. It's a good That's reminder. Really it's a good reminder. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Sorry. Um, what was your question? Um, pivoting out onto your own. How has that yeah. been going? And what are some of the broad strokes of that process? How are you having to kind of reform sure. what the business and what the job is now. Okay. So I will say um, starting or becoming a real estate agent is I think most people don't understand that it is as if you're starting your own business. And what I have learned is the word or the name CEO. And I think something that I didn't even correlate to real estate is that when you're a real estate agent, you do become your the own your own business. You are the CEO of your own company. You are an entrepreneur, right? And so I think what's crazy is when you do own when you do become a realtor, you kind of slowly learn the importance of business planning and you slowly learn the ups and downs of you're not just a realtor under the umbrella of being licensed under a brokerage. So sorry, let me break it down in like layman's terms. I'm a real estate agent, right? And I'm licensed under the brokerage of Dilbeck Real Estate. However, there are a thousand plus agents within that brokerage who all operate their business completely differently. And so what what works for one agent may not work for the other. What one agent wants to do for their business model completely might be something that I disagree with and I don't want to implement in my business. And I think what you slowly have to learn is being able to adapt and revise and understand that when, when you're a realtor, you're a walking business, you're a walking brand, right? And everything that I do and market is what I believe and what my values are and what my morals are and what I think I can do for my client. And I think the common misconception for realtors is you're a real estate agent, you get your license, you pass, you become a broker, and you make money. Um, But the reality is you have to understand how to own your own business. Um, Though you're under the umbrella of a Dilbeck real estate or like a brokerage, overall brokerage, um, how you operate is going to be your dependent on your values, your morals, the time and money and effort you want to put in your business, which will be completely different from everybody else that you work with. So I think that's something that is a common misconception is it's not as easy. You have to know how to adapt and learn and 
yeah, what works for some might not work for you. And like, for example, um, a lot, there are very successful agents within Delbeck that cold call all day, every day. They can do that 24 seven and they get really good business out of it. Yeah. I'm like, Nope, I, I think I'm good. <laughs> not me. Not me. I, nope. Yeah. And, um, there's some people who door knock, um, which hey, COVID you, you can't, but it's also like different regulations and stuff, but I've learned what works for me and those things didn't, I tried it. I tried it for a few months and it was just like, I'm not getting any business out of this. So I think, um, I think being a realtor is you have to be able to adapt to and understand that you are so responsible for your own business, for your own brand. And you don't realize that when you become a licensed agent. You don't realize that you do become the own CEO of your own business, your own company. Um, and having that mindset is super important to be able to adapt to that, you know? Yeah. The um, the self-branding element of it is super interesting because mm. quite literally, like, you are driving and you look over on the side of the road and there's... Yeah, a bus stop with a realtor's face on it, right? Or yeah. you drive by a beautiful house and the sign has the realtor's face on it. And yeah. so it's interesting when you talk about you are your own business is you literally mm-hmm. are establishing yourself as your own business. Somebody associates yeah. your face quite literally with what you do mm-hmm. and what you represent. So it's mm-hmm. it's a very different aspect I think that most people undergo even when owning their own Mm -hmm. business right if you open up a store you're not calling it your name you're calling Mm -hmm. it you know (laughs) so and so (laughs) smoothie shop or whatever it is yeah (laughs) I can't even think on the spot I I immediately thought um pup and suds because we were just talking about rollerblades and brink if you're a 90s baby you'll get it I don't know but of course (laughs) Of course. But yeah, you just, you, you label back. it. Yeah. <laughs> you label it <laughs> like what you think, you know, what you want to encompass. But when you're a real estate agent, what you don't realize is literally your face, like when you step out of the door, you are your brand, you are your business. And when I meet someone at the grocery store, literally like, Ooh, can I, can I insert this story really quick? Like, there was a few things that I always, I was always told at the very beginning when I started real estate was like, when you pay for a check or whatever, like leave your business card in that envelope, like, or that folder that comes with the check or the receipt. Um, Mm -hmm. Cause you never know who's looking for business or looking to call you or what have you. Um, But what's crazy is like, I did do that in the very beginning, but I slowly learned this is the bare minimum of what it is to be a real estate agent, right? Like, again, you are a walking business. So the people that I see at open houses, when I have them Saturday, Sunday, they're strangers, but they're immediately when you walk in, you're looking at that agent, like, are you professional? Are you competent? Or do you know your business? Do you know you're the market? Same thing. Like, why do you go on Yelp? You go on Yelp for the reviews, for the stars, for the comments. And you think of yourself as a walking Yelp review, right? Like you have to put yourself on a, freaking pedestal to make sure that people take you very seriously. And um, again, there are agents who have their brand, like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to walk around almost again, this is, this is like nothing to be like nothing against people who are like artistic or anything, but like someone who has like, like piercings and tattoos or whatever it is, you think of them as immediately like artistic, but there are some very successful agents who that is their marketing plan. That's their brand. And they are so successful. And so it is, it's just what you portray and what your clients see in you. And I just learned that that's so important when you own your own businesses. Yeah. People know who you are. People see your face, people, you meet people left and right. I was at the grocery store during COVID granted during COVID and you're in pajamas, no makeup, face mask, didn't think anybody would recognize me in that face mask. But I had a client who approached me and I was like, oh no, <laughs> baby hair is flying all over the place. And I was like, oh my God, presentation's so off. But again, it's a matter of like your demeanor, how you speak, how you, how you're able to articulate 
you know, what's going on in the market, whatever questions they may ask you, always be prepared. And I think that's super important when you own your own business, just low key, like knowing your shit and just kind of owning it with a lot of confidence and knowing that what you're doing is your brand pretty much. So yeah. <laughs> I keep, I keep joking about, I think I posted this, but when you have your face mask on and like sunglasses or even like a hat on, like you literally, mm-hmm. no one knows who you are. And I love it so much. You think you're incognito. Is, <laughs> for sure. There was um back on our 10 year reunion. Yeah. I went to Target to pick something up beforehand in La Cunada. And <laughs> I, I love this. I love this moment so much. I'm walking in with Anthony and I hear Rachel. And I kid you not, I did not turn around. I just kept walking. I, I just thought like, they don't for sure know it's me. <laughs> and Anthony looked at me. He was like, what are you doing? Somebody just called you. And I was like, no, they didn't. <laughs> so I sort of feel like there, there's this element of like, I'm really enjoying that people can't recognize who I am when I'm 100%. Out public. Not that I'm a celebrity or anything, but like, you know. Love anyway, we're going off course. Yeah. Yeah, no, sorry. Um, okay. We're, <laughs> we're talking about, brand, about branding. Um, yeah. So maybe let's pivot in, into marketing as a whole. Mm-hmm. What are some of the tools that you mostly rely on to market you, market your brand, listings, etc.? Um, yeah, I think actually I'm kind of in a weird phase right now. So I will tell you what worked for me and what I'm kind of, I'm currently trying to figure out. So, um, marketing is super important, but like, as you know, or as most people probably know is real estate's very old school. So it's all very much paperwork, transactional work, and it's really hard to change what's already working. But, um, let's talk before COVID, right? I think I was, I was still part of my business plan and like, not my business plan, my business partner and my team. And we had a very cohesive team logo. Um, we, we marketed certain farms. Do you know what a farm is? Farms meaning like you pick a neighborhood that you want to target and market to for like 12 to 18 months and see if that kind of <laughs> comes back. I so straight you up thought you were talking about <laughs> No, I was like, that's like a, that's a commonly used phrase in real estate. So I'm like, is, does that make sense? But like pretty much Thank you, you pick a neighborhood. Yeah. You pick a neighborhood that you think will benefit you when you market to them, whatever way, social media or postcards or whatever. And you, within 18 months, you kind of figure out like, have I had a return on my investment or am I wasting my dollars, whatever. Um, and so mm-hmm. there's a very big importance in marketing your face, unfortunately, Fortunately, unfortunately, to who your your target audience is. And so what I was with my team, we had a very systematic, strategic way of how we're going to market everything that we do, whether it's we're representing the listing, the buyer, whatever it is, we set out letters, very systematic. Um, But I think now that I've branched out of that, spread my wings, and now I'm my own agent, I am now trying to figure out what is my voice, what is my brand, what is my business? Fortunately, unfortunately, it just so happened to be this year that I branched away from that team where COVID hit because 2020 has been so fun. <laughs> oh, it sounds like such a dirty word, COVID. COVID. Um, but yeah, like I, but I, it's like it's a blessing and a curse because I think it's also given me a lot of time to reflect on what is my voice in my business and what do I want that to represent in my brand. But to say that I've actually executed a lot of my framework and my plan, I would say no, but there is a huge importance in um, team marketing and team branding, but I wish I had more to say. Like, I, I can't say that, you know, since I've branched off, I've, I've found success, but I will say, um, I don't know if that's an, this is another question that you're going to ask me, but um, being on my own has been somewhat career changing in itself. I feel like I'm in like, um, I think, again, there's an importance of being a mentor and having a mentor and getting that guidance, but there's also another importance knowing when it's time for you to, what's the right phrase? Like spread your wings and fly. Is that the right phrase? I'm all about flying. That, it's always the right phrase. I want to fly to Cabo, but you know, 
Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's another, there's another level of importance of like knowing when to branch out, but there's also that risk you take, like I said, of owning your own business and being like the business that I owned was with a partner when I started. And now the business that I own is me, myself and I, where it's, you have a lot of no's, you have a lot of rejection, but you also have a lot of uplifting moments that are so gross. You, you grow so much from them that it's almost more beneficial. Um, I don't know if that diverts from the question you were asking, but. No, no, not at all. I, I think branding is ever evolving, right? Like even well-established brands, they're constantly changing. And, um, I know you and I talked about, yeah, sorry. That's okay. I was just going to say, you and I talked about doing this as a little bit of a two-part series. So maybe we, you yeah. know, we can sync back up next time and just see how how things are changing. But I don't think that it needs to be established. Obviously, you're just moving on to this next, like, really big phase in your career. Mm-hmm. And it's probably going to take a little bit of time for you to figure out what works best for you and yeah. how other people are going to best perceive you. Yeah. And I honestly, like, um, I'm like, for example, like I branched out of this team early, I would say like early February and then COVID hit. Oh, Rach, can you still hear me? Cause I heard a vo- I heard like a sound. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, anyways. So yeah, I would say, um, uh, Oh, the sound distracted me. <laughs> Um, you branched out on your own in February and then COVID hit. Oh yeah. And then COVID hit. And I would say like, it was really scary because there are like, I was with this mentor for four years or three and a half years, for example. And I knew what I knew. I was, I was working side by side every single day, top producing agent of actually the number one agent in the Burbank office. And I, I knew, I knew a lot, but it wasn't until I branched out where I had to implement all of my knowledge into this and I dove in where it almost kind of like restruck my passion that I may have lost within the last year and I think it's super important to kind of reignite that flame of ooh, now that I'm branching out by myself there's this um there's this fire in me of let me implement all the knowledge that I know I know that I know that I've I've implemented that I've gained throughout the four years and I think being able to um, it's like, for example, I'm in my first escrow right now this year, but it's the first one since I've been by myself and I've learned so much more than I have. Um, yeah, claps, 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 tap on the shoulder, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And I think, um, again, there's a lot of self-doubt, right? There's when you start your own business or start a different career path, it's again, I'm still in real estate. My career path hasn't really changed, but it's a different career path in the change in the, in the sense of business model this is now my brand circling back and so um being able to have that confidence and knowing that I'm still passionate and have the grit to learn and expand it's so much more of a growing experience than I ever thought it would be but it all happened during COVID and so it's kind of it's pretty insane what a year man (laughs) (laughs) I know I don't know What's happening? It's July. I I saw a meme the other day that was like, can you curse on this channel? <laughs> I'm sorry. You can do whatever you want, baby. <laughs> but there was like a meme that was like, sorry, Rage. There was a meme that was like five weeks left of summer. And I could confidently say, what the fuck was that? Like, think about it. We're already like done with summer. Like that wasn't fucking summer. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Time is ridiculous right now. It's crazy. Um, how do you feel like you deal with competition within your industry? Does it affect you at all? Ooh. It does. It's very intimidating. Um, competition. I think. Okay, so let me let me circle back. So there's a lot of like misconceptions about real estate agents, right? It's that you take your license, you pass. Um, and you make 6% and you're good to go. And that's not the case. <laughs> um, it, it's so great <laughs> and rewarding cute. in so many, yeah, in so many other senses. But if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. So 
in this sense, it's wait, say your say your question one more time because I I get on tangents and I'm sorry. How do you deal with competition in your industry? Got it. <laughs> um, does it does it so, affect you? Yeah. So for example, like in Dilbeck, there are a thousand plus agents, right? We're a Southern California based company. We're family owned with a lot of integrity and a lot of freaking great agents. But what's crazy is again, a misconception with real estate agents is you're licensed under whatever brokerage you choose to be licensed other, whether, whether it's Dilbeck real estate, Century 21, Hilton and Highland, um, Remax, whatever it is. But Within that branch, within that umbrella, you're also, every agent is your competition, but at the same time, they are also your mentors. So like they are your resources for a lot of advice, but they are your competition. Rach, like you and I grew up in La Quinata, and there are a very solid handful of agents that take up La Quinata real estate. Um, and a lot of them work with Dilbeck, but I think how I handle the competition is not so I'm a very competitive person. I love sports, but I think how I handle it is more, um, how can I, again, now that I'm by myself, be myself and I, as my own, as my own company, um, I look at it as let me at least try to absorb all the advice you can give me. Cause all these agents are willing to give you some kind of advice. They're all honestly, willing to give you a helpful hand will they not disclose all the information that works for them yeah probably but I think understanding that you are consumer driven this industry is customer service and knowing that there is competition even within your own company um it takes a lot of confidence it takes a lot of at adapting your business plan which I don't think we've grazed over but um adapting your business plan and your own business and what works for you to be more competitive. Um, you can't be complacent in real estate. Otherwise you're setting yourself up for failure. Right. And I think that's yeah. another misconception as well is people think that real estate is, um, you know, you have your own time, you have all this time in the world, but it's really not your client base, your customer service. I work Saturdays and Sundays. I'm pulled left and right. I've answered phone calls at 10 o'clock in the, at night and, um, during open houses, I'm negotiating. And I think um, when you realize that competition is constant in this industry specifically, everyone can get their real estate license, right? So I think when you understand that there's always competition, it's putting yourself first. What can I do to make myself better? And not not so much compare yourself. It's so easy to compare yourself now with what's available. But I think doing your best, the best you can, the best of your ability every single day is the best you can do for that competition, I guess, is that, and utilize that, utilize the agency within your company to give you those resources, to give you that information because they will, they are willing to help you. I think really good real estate agents will be mentors if, if you're within that like brokerage and if you're not within that brokerage, um, and if you're a good agent, I think like customer service in general, like if you're a good agent to another agent, they will be good agents to you. It's very reciprocated, right? I've encountered very unethical agents where if they call me for something, I don't want to respond because I don't think that they're ethical or um, they're providing that good service that I want to be a part of. And I think it's, it goes hand in hand, right? Like, um, like any other business, whether it's real estate or something else. Yeah, I really like what you said. And it sounds so simple, just in theory, but do the best that you can. Yeah. Again, it's like one of those like very basic principles that I feel like we it learned is. when we were kids. But when there's a perceived threat on us, right? Like somebody's mm -hmm. doing better than me in my ecosystem and that could be anything that could be work that could be relationships that could be you know whatever it is but like I mm -hmm. think honing it back into like just put the focus on yourself and do and you'll thrive the best job that you can exactly for sure exactly. you'll thrive completely no time for all that yes bs bs yeah 100 percent. I think it's you get so it's so easy to get into your ego and your pride when it comes to money Honestly, like, um, yeah, you might close 
one deal, you might close 10 and that commission check is a big chunk of money, but it's also like, even when you're making money, you also want to help those that um, want that knowledge. And I get it's, it's com competition regardless, but um, there's something about giving back and kind of perpetuating that cycle of knowledge and especially residential real estate. It's, it's so emotional and therapeutic and stressful and it's a variation from zero to 10 you got it um and when you have someone who's able to cater to those needs and yeah be able to channel that kind of energy within your client or yourself it's it's important for your business and um i know we're tan we're going on a tangent here but yeah <laughs> that's good stuff it's good stuff um it's good stuff. do you it's have any role models within your industry? Oh, role models. Um, <laughs> do I have role models in this industry? Here's the thing. And I think every industry can possibly like talk about this, but anything on HGTV to me is a role model, but in like an unrealistic way, right? Like property brothers sign me the F up. Like if I can write three offers and get it signed off and get my house all constructed and remodeled in what is it three or six weeks sign me up um wh who is that couple okay. um the gains is it gains it's gains the gains family who like ship up everywhere like if that was my role model it'd be the the unrealistic part of igtv i used to watch it all the freaking time um yeah it just Same. now as a professional, it just makes me so upset because I wish it was that easy. Um, so real estate models, I wish I probably said yes, but in a jokingly way, yes, but probably not so much yet. There actually are really wonderful agents within my company that I um, I just moved back to the Dilbeck in La Cunata when I um, got when I like separated from my team and. There are some great agents there that I actually really look up to. I won't name names. I don't know the privacy of that, but they are very ethical. They are very like therapeutic and just know how to service their client in a way that gives them peace of mind. Again, every escrow has, I think beginning escrow and end of escrow are very different clients. You have very happy clients, they become angry and then very grateful clients. And I think a successful agent is someone who can um, give peace of mind to your client during that escrow process. And there are some very, very wonderful agents in my, um, brokerage that do that. Um, so I do have, I guess, yeah, role models in a sense. Um, I don't know them well enough. I just, uh, now being in that office, I, I do admire their work ethic. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> what would you say is the most rewarding part of your job? Ooh, most rewarding. <laughs> a, a few things. Um, so most rewarding. Okay, going, I have a client-based answer and like a self-based answer. So my client-based answer is we are customer service, right? So in, in real estate, you're dealing every, there's not one transaction or one escrow that's going to be the same for any other escrow transaction that you may have in the future. So whether it's a divorced couple, separation, um, loss of a father, loss of a mother, grandparents, a trust, um, whatever, we're downgrading, we're upgrading, regardless of what it is, as an agent, though your obligations are for the transaction, you're also getting calls from your clients all day, every day of their sadness, their worry, their stress, you kind of become their therapist, right? So you, you almost, again, it's a client-based um, career. So you kind of become emotionally attached and you, you build a rapport, you build a genuine relationship with those clients where you want to do the best you can and achieve your clients' goals. And I think when you are able to do that with the satisfaction, knowing that they're happy, you're happy, the other party's happy is the best reward because 
real estate is going to be your biggest investment, no matter what part of the world you're in. It's your biggest life investment. And I, it is also the most stressful that as an agent, when you're pulled left and right and you wear different hats throughout the day, when you're able to close with the satisfaction of your clients, I think it's the most rewarding knowing that you did the best you can for them, given their unfortunate circumstances. Um, there's easier escrows than others, but more often than not, they are very emotionally draining. And at the time, I'm as the agent, I'm probably crying and like, I don't know what I'm doing. But once you get it solved and you solve all the problems, it, it's quite freaking rewarding. So um, that's the client-based part. I think on the most rewarding part for me, myself, and I is kind of honing back into our last question um, earlier during the podcast is being your own business here, being the CEO of your own company, right? And knowing that um, like I am my own walking business, for example, is a business plan. I, 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 I know I had like PR and um, marketing experience, but like, Rach, do you, are you, do you guys do business plans for like your company by chance? Like, I don't, I just don't really know um, the format and, of well, it. Well, I guess it depends on what the definition is. We certainly pull together what the goals of a given campaign are, what our overall strategy is, dollars, yes. et cetera. But I'm really bringing it down to a very, I'm not doing it justice in, in what I'm describing. So yeah. I guess it depends on what I your guys' version is. Yeah, I think it's the same kind of version. So like um, on a reward perspective on like as the agent and as the CEO of my own company, so to speak, is I create, for example, a very detailed business plan at the beginning of every year, right? And at the beginning of every year, most people, yeah, New Year's, New Year, and you mean new goals. Um, but what I've learned being an agent and having business coaches within my brokerage is creating a business plan at the beginning of the year and also revisiting that business plan and being able to um, adapt and revise it every quarter. So you actually see it as you have four years within that one year. Does that make sense? Like, so second quarter, you, second quarter, you revisit your business plan and you say, okay, what worked for me first quarter? What didn't work for me? What can I continue? What can I not continue? Where am I spending my marketing dollars? Where am I not? And that in itself makes you become a business person. Um, just taking accountability and that responsibility that, you know, I am, I am creating my own business model. So where am I putting my marketing dollars? AKA specifically for COVID, like what my model was beginning of January this year is night and day of what it was that I actually revised it a month, maybe two months ago, night and day of where it was, because now I have to be more cognizant of where I'm spending my marketing dollars. I have to be more intentional where my money is going, but it's being able to adapt. And I think being a business woman, being a businessman, whatever it is, is being able to adapt that business plan. But I think business plans are also, is, is the most, um, tedious but also the most important thing and also the most rewarding when you achieve that I put it at my bulletin board by my computer when I was at my desk at the office every single day now it's on my on my little shelf but you see that number that you want to make where your dollars are going to be spent um, where your time and energy are being spent and you're able to adapt and figure it out and when you get no's in some quarters might turn into yeses the next quarter and you continue that kind of momentum and I think when you learn that and you're able to adapt to that, I think you become successful in a sense, but it was very difficult. I'll say that. I'm sure. I feel like <laughs> that mentality of like putting it on your shelf is kind of like, like the out of sight, out of mind, right? Like you not would forget about it, but it's so much mm -hmm. more present in your life when you're physically seeing it on a day-to-day -day basis. It's a constant reminder of this sure. is what I'm pushing towards. This is where I'm going. And it kind of yeah. motivates you. It really does. It really, really does. There's, um, if, so, if someone on here like wants to start a business or whatever, and like 
is interested in doing like business coaching, I just highly recommend it. I think it's same thing with like therapy. I mean, I think just having someone to guide you through certain processes that you think you might, you might have, but you just might not, you might just need that extra hand handheld and in guidance. I think it's super important. And I think my thing is having that business coach to take, make me accountable was something that I can account to my success in this. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I want to pivot yes. really quickly into a section. I feel like I should have a name for it. <laughs> but um, what is it? <laughs> or, or whatever it is. I don't know. We'll work on that. Um, but essentially, what I like to do in my interviews is get to know somebody's like personal habits and sort of what makes them tick. Um, so the first question is (laughs) super broad, Yeah, but it's what does success mean to you? I feel like that is something Um. that is determined differently on every single level by different people. So what does it mean to you? How do you quantify it? Oh God, that's such a good question. Okay. Um, sorry. No, 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 no. I'm trying to think of, okay, I, I often go on tangents, so I'm trying to, like, refocus my brain. I have, like, re- reel it in, lock it up, Beatrice. <laughs> um, I think success, I hate, okay, this is my tangent. I have to say it, because it's the only way that my brain can, like, justify what I'm going to say. So, when people say, like, appearance doesn't mean everything, like, to a partner, it's like, you have to be, like, somewhat attracted to them, right? Like, it's not everything, but there's some, you have to be attracted to your partner. And I would say, again, this could not make any sense. This is where my brain's going at this Thursday evening is um, when it comes to success, people say money doesn't bring you happiness. And I don't think it does, but I think success when you, you know, when you make a certain amount of money to just at least make you comfortable, that does define some kind of success and comfortability. Like I think you have to be comfortable some way, somehow in your lifestyle. But I think more importantly, on top of that is balance. And I think what I've learned, again, circling back to the very beginning of our conversation, when it came to like, my physical health after back surgery is, I could have worked all day every day after that, but I would have been deteriorating physically, which in turn, when you're physically in pain or physically uncomfortable and in constant discomfort, you're it affects you mentally and emotionally and it physically, emotionally and mentally drains the heck out of you. And I think success means finding a balance, finding, I think, especially also in COVID, right? There are people who are getting paid their same salary that they are being paid before COVID, but now being quarantined, you're in the confines of your own four walls. Um, You're in your blanket cave and you're on your computer doing all these Zooms. But there is an importance of being outside, being around family and friends and finding that balance. And I think when you have that balance in your life, you're able to become successful. You're you're able to exert that grit and that internal energy into your work. And in turn, it's a perpetuating cycle, a perpetuating healthy cycle. Um, And I think just finding that balance is super important because I think work, 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 work is so easy to say and, you know, workaholics, quote unquote, but I I don't know. I think my definition of success is just finding a healthy balance between personal life um, and work mentally, emotionally, and physically, um, and just being able to execute that on your everyday will just make someone healthy overall and in turn make you successful, you know? Nodding along to all of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what are your, what's your morning routine look like? We can maybe talk about it as if it's pre-COVID and then now? Um, Pre-COVID was the gym. Um, again, I'm not a gymaholic. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't, I, I got muscle, but like, can you see it? I don't know. <laughs> um, but I need to get my body moving in the morning. Um, I think, I don't even know if you go to Equinox anymore, Rach, but in the, you were going a lot earlier than I was when I started going to Equinox in Glendale. Um, wait, are you still signed up for Equinox? <laughs> No, I, I've got a gym in my living room now. I know you got your like Peloton bike and everything. It's pretty prime, but no, 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 I would say my Jerry rigged 
It's not oh, yeah, a Peloton. It's not. <laughs> it can pass. It has it has all the functions that you need. <laughs> um, so but yeah, I would say I'm I'm someone who if I get a good sweat in, I'm well even bef- even minus like weightlifting and everything. I think stretching my the foam roller, my PVC pipe. Yes, PVC pipe is my best friend and if I don't if I don't give myself at least at least 10 minutes out of my morning routine to do that I am janky as f <laughs> like I cannot move so I would say like my morning routine even yeah a hundred percent and wow. I always joke about this like my yoga mat does not leave my does not roll up it's always on my floor um from the morning I w- from the second I wake up I stretch when I get back from work, I stretch. And again, it's just almost like maintenance for my lower back. And also low key, I tore my ACL last year, my knee. So it's also like maintenance of my, I have such a janky body. I don't understand. But my routine is just once, like once my body feels healthy, I have I almost gain natural energy to get my day going. So it's like, I've never been someone to go to the gym after work or at night because I, again, gain energy from working out and sweating. And so um, I would say my daily routine is at least that. I wish it was like daily affirmations and stuff. Um, But what I do every night is I make a checklist on my, I do two checklists. I don't know if that's a crazy thing to do, but I'm someone who works, I have my digital calendar, but I also have my paper checklist that I need to have. There's some kind of satisfaction of like, checking off certain things throughout the day. So I have my digital calendar that I, I you know, I input all of my appointments and everything, my scheduling, my showings um, in my calendar. And then the night before every single day, I write it on a piece of paper every day. So the next day I can actually check off and I have it more organized. Is it just me? Like when I have my digital and my paper are the same freaking calendar. But I'm more overwhelmed looking at my digital than I am on my paper. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. There's something like so much more calming about like a piece of paper. It's you don't have all the distractions of like your computer means so much more. It's your email. It's your Gmail. It's your web browser. (laughs) It's your messenger with work. It's literally so many things. I'm the same exact way. I have to physically write everything out. I have to so physically that I can... write it. Yeah. Yeah. I even so have a... people at work make fun of me. I have a um, a single pen that has five different colors. I'm a hand talker, as you know. Um, but I have to like have different like colors so that I can color code like, okay, red means done. Green means do it that day. Yeah. yeah like the whole system. It's nerd alert. It's but... system. No, wait, sorry. I don't mean to divert really quickly. So like I'm on my fourth year of real estate. So I'm actually currently like renewing my license where I have to take like 45 credits of crazy courses. And so yesterday I just started studying and I have like my notepad with my my blue ink pen, but I'm like, the headings need to be highlighted. Like my brain doesn't work this way. And so I was, I was so, I wanted to channel my high school college self of like color coordinating titles and like, yeah, I mean, I don't nerd self or just like OCD self. I don't, I don't, I don't want to label it, it, but there's something about like that organization that just like gives me peace of mind. But yes, I definitely, that's definitely what I do before I go to bed. So when I wake up, I have that solid checklist, both paper and digital that I can check off. When I check off both, I feel freaking accomplished, Rachel. <laughs> um, last question. Yeah. What are your non-negotiables during the week? It, and if we've covered off on them, let me know. But is there anything outside of Ooh. what we talked about that like you have to do in order to feel like you were set up properly um dang I wish there was um what's up I I was just kind of reviewing like you stretch every day you feel like you have to get a a certain amount of like workouts in or exercise I I, I actually will say a non-negotiable which again I'm adapting to the fact that I'm no longer I'm I'm no longer with my business partner um 
So I don't really count 2020 as of right now. But what I will say a non-negotiable before and what I learned at the very beginning of real estate was, again, it's we're customer service, right? We're a service provider to our clients. And one marketing tool that I always utilized was staying on the phone. I would call my clients. I would call my sphere, whether it's my aunt, my uncle, who I haven't talked to, who's in Hawaii, like whatever it was, there's an importance of circling back because everyone, pretty much every other person's a real estate agent and licensed. And so you never know where your business will come from. But at the same time, I've also been a pretty social person in my life where I do actually have some kind of joy finding out what my friends are going through. So a non-negotiable before was a motto that I always had was if my phone isn't dead at the end of the day, I didn't do my job. So like I have to be on my phone. Um, I had to call, I had a text, I had to follow up. If I was watching and say if I was driving, I would answer an email, but I would do it. Like I was just, I was just always on my phone. And if I didn't do that for a day, I didn't feel like I accomplished what I was supposed to do because that was where my, my business started from. I don't mean to do like a circle in the middle of this podcast, but part of being like your own business and your own CEO is um, again, adapting, but also using your strengths, right? And people always say like, the first thing you should do when you start your business is um, connect with your sphere of influence. And when I first started, we, I was 25 years old. We're all paying rent. All of our friends are not ready to buy a house yet, right? But I stuck with it with patience and grit and consistency where now I'm 29. Holy crap. <laughs> I'm now 29 and I'm actually helping a lot of friends and family with lenders and I'm getting them started in the buying process, but it does take a lot of that patience, grit and time and effort to build to that. Um, but yeah, I would say that was definitely <laughs> something. A non-negotiable. No, a non-negotiable was like, be on your phone. Like that's where you're going to get your business from. I like it. <laughs> um, okay. Yes. We're going to close, but do you have anywhere that we could lead people to, to find you? Is there a social handle website? Um, yes. Uh, where do I start? Um, my website is BeatriceTorres.Dilbeck.com. That's my personal Dilbeck website where you can find my information. And then my Instagram handle is Beatrice.Realtor because the IG handle that I really wanted was taken. <laughs> so I've, I've, I've tried to BeatriceTorres.Realtor just so it's all cohesive with my last name, but I tried to slide into that DM and be like, can I please trademark this? But like, they haven't responded. Um, that bitch. I know. I, I wish I could just like, just really grab it. Yeah, I don't want to. But you know, it's pretty much in a very inactive account, but I'm like, just give it to me. Um, um, I'll make sure to tag all of, oh, did you have another one? Where I had that one. I had Instagram. And then Facebook is Beatrice Taurus Realtor. Um, okay. I'll make sure to tag all of that in the show notes cool. as well so that people can easily find yeah. it. Yeah. No, and I think, you know, this was super fun. And the takeaway that I have at least gotten um, becoming a realtor and, um, you know, being your own business person is just a lot of patience and grit. Like, it's not, a lot of misconceptions. Like, I think what we were talking about earlier too, Rach, is like, the grass is greener, but really it's like not, <laughs> it's like not what you think it will be. And again, if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. Um, there's a lot of reward at the end of, at the end of it, but it takes a lot of patience and hard work and money, time, effort, everything in between. So, but at the end of the day, I love what I do. So I'm going to continue to do it. And yeah, I'm so proud of you for doing this podcast. This is so fun. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, thank you. So Still trying to find my way in it, but yeah. like anything, you just have to kind of start. Like I said, patience, grit, hard work, yep. you got this. All of Marketing, it. all of it's kind of roundabout, business planning, we got this. <laughs> oh, wait, I got my, my earphones came out. Um, if you want my business model, I got you, I'll send it your way. Super fun. I would love it. I would love it. Yes. Okay, thanks, B. Yeah, of course.
All right, that's it for today. Don't forget to follow along for more on Instagram at you might be a badass podcast and let me know your thoughts about today's show. And I'll see you again, same time, same place next week.